Thank you, Brother Morford, and my, what a privilege it is to be in the service tonight. Most of all, to sense the presence of God. Aren't you glad that God is here? And I can identify with the words of that song more than anything. Rocky, we've got to make it. More than anything. Isaiah, we've got to make it. More than anything, Gabriella, we've got to make it. And we could call other names tonight. More than anything, we've got to make it. And I want you to know we can. We can by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Well, certainly, it is a privilege to be with so many young people. Yes, uh, uh, Brother Morford, I love young people. I love them from the time they're born. I love little kids. I like to tease them every once in a while. And, uh, but I just, I love, I love young people. And I'm so glad that you're here tonight. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for sponsors, pastors, uh, family members that brought them tonight. Uh, I appreciate it so very, very much. And uh, I trust that tonight your time is going to be great. Now, I'm going to be there for a while tonight. I don't know what time I'm going to leave. Two, week, three, four weeks ago, four weeks ago, I was in southern Indiana in a revival meeting. And I travel. I was up all night, Brother Jeremy. I was. I got home at 6.45 in the morning. But I had a girlfriend at the other end of the line. I did. And she's my wife. 49 years this month. Yeah. In just a few, just about three. Well, thank you. Thank you. Just three more weeks. In fact, we were married on Thanksgiving night. What a night to get married. I have a, I, some of the church members, your family here, you know I've talked about a brother of mine that's not saved. And uh, he said to, uh, to me, he said, now John, he said, if you're going to get married this time of the year, you can't get married in hunting season. That's what he said. Well, some people would identify with that. And the way the hunting season was in Pennsylvania at that time, the way bear season was and, and, and deer season, um, you know, it was just a little difficult to, uh, to work in a wedding on a Saturday. So uh, my fiancé and I, we talked and we said, hey, let's do it with a Thanksgiving night. We didn't know who would turn out. Who would come on a Thanksgiving night, you know, to a wedding? And uh, to young people, now young people, I was very young when I got married. But we were really mature in those days. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that night, on, when, on, uh, on the Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, the church was packed. So much so that at the time of the reception, we ran out of food. Wasn't enough food to feed everybody. That We didn't have RSVP in those days. You know, you just invited the people, and whoever showed, showed, and you hoped you had enough food. And um, there in Penns Creek, when you were there as a student, there was a little grocery store down at the end of town, I believe. Was it just a convenience mart? Okay, well, there used to be a grocery store there, okay? But before that one was there, down on Lower Street, in Lower Street, Penns Creek, that's right, there was a grocery store, and the Schraders had it. Some of the family went down. Mrs. Schrader opened her store on Thanksgiving night, got the food out, and, and sold it to them, and uh, everybody went home happy and, and lived happily ever after, okay? <laughs> and, uh, and so have we. But uh, 
So it was a, uh, uh, it, it's just been great. Uh, it's been a great life. And uh, honestly, um, I look back over my life. Young people have been in the ministry now for 47 years. This coming January, it'll be 48 years that we've been active in the ministry. And I just want you to know something. I don't regret a day. And I mean that. You, my graduates that are here, you've heard me say time and again, there's no place better than being in the center of the divine will of God. And I, I, have, I have experienced that, and, uh, and I thank God it's been a privilege to be a part of God's work. And, uh, and I just thank God for the opportunity. Amen. And again, thank you for coming to the service tonight. I need to give some thank yous. Thank you to the John Cunninghams, the Bob Cunninghams, and the Rasmuddins and, and the Kleins for bringing supper in tonight. Thank you. I appreciate that. I feel good and full, all right? Very good. Thank you. Appreciate everything. God bless your heart. Well, but I was saying that uh, I will be there tonight. And uh, um, so I have stayed up all night recently. But whether I'll be there till 6 o'clock in the morning, I do want to preach tomorrow night. And uh, you may want me to preach tomorrow night, I'm not sure, but, uh, uh, but we're going to be there for a while. We're going to have fun with you, and uh, this body's getting a little older, can't do quite what it used to without having some aches and pains, and I suffer from that. Didn't used to suffer from that, didn't hardly know what a pain was for many years, but for, since, uh, for the last six months, I've been having some pain, and uh, I'm going to the doctor on Tuesday, and I hope the doctor can fix it. I hope so. But, uh, uh, but uh, I'm going to be there, and we're going to have some fun together. But before that, I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 9. As long as I hear pages rattling, I know you're still looking. And that's all right. If you found the scripture, would you stand for the reading of the word tonight? Acts chapter 9, beginning with verse number 1. And Saul... Yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went on to the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if, any, if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound onto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly... There shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, 
and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did he eat nor drink. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. We thank you, Father, for the privilege that we have to be in your house for this Friday night revival service. We thank you for every person, young and old, who has come to worship thee tonight. We thank you most of all for thy presence that we've sensed. And we can say from the bottom of our heart, more than anything, oh God, we've got to make it. That is our desire. And by your grace, we intend to make it to the city. Now, Father, you know the message that we feel that you've laid upon our heart. Now, Lord, help us to convey it. Help us to be clear. And Lord, help us to convey the message. Cause it to resonate in the hearts and the minds of each one, again, from the young to the old. For, Lord, every one of us has a responsibility. And I'm asking, O God, tonight that you will touch us and give us that divine unction and that divine anointing. And, Father, we'll give thee the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The title of my message tonight is, It's Your Move, Do Something. When Americans answer the telephone, they say, hello. I think that's what you say. Is that right? Hello. When the Germans answer the telephone, they answer by giving their last name. In Denmark... When they answer the phone, they answer by giving their first and last name. The French say, hello, who's on the line? The Spanish say, speak. The Chinese say, hey, hey, who are you? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I want to say that when I get these, these nonsense calls. You ever get those nonsense calls? Hey, hey, who are you? But the Russians, when they answer the phone, they answer by saying, I'm listening. Tonight, I believe that God is looking for somebody who's listening. A man by the name of Napoleon Hill said, Life is a game board. Time is your opponent. If you procrastinate, you'll lose the game. You must make a move to be victorious. Now, quite a number of years ago, back in the earlier days of my pastoring, I was working on a job with a man from my church, and we were moving furniture into a large courthouse in northern Pennsylvania. We stayed in the area for a few days because it was a sizable job, and after the day's work, we would kill some time in the motel. You know, what do you do? You know, it's evening and you don't want to go to bed right away, so you, you play some kind of a game. 
and we played checkers. And I played the man from my church. Now, I enjoy playing games, but I don't enjoy losing. Is that right, Gabrielle? You feel the same way? Yeah, that's right. I don't like to lose. Do you like to lose? Why play the game if you're going to lose? I want to win. And I like, uh, and I play to win, okay? And playing the game of checkers, I played rather slowly. So I could look over the board and not only moving my discs in my mind, but moving his also so that I could analyze the impact of my move. I stalled, taking so much time to make my move until my opponent fell asleep. That was a real advantage. Because I couldn't move when he was asleep, and then when he woke up, he had to try to figure out where I moved. Needless to say, I won the game. Great strategy. Although it's very important to be certain of our move, there comes a time when we must make our move. We will never be victorious unless we make a move. Going into the Old Testament, I think of, a, of an old patriarch by the name of Abraham. Abraham, in, in his own country, in the Ur of Chaldees, God spoke to him and God told him he was to leave his own land and he was to start for a land that God had prepared for him. And Abram begins the journey. He gets as far as Haran. And there his father dies. But God leads him out of there and takes him on to the land of Canaan. Now, it wasn't popular to walk away from his home. It wasn't easy to leave his family. But Abram made a move. He was about 50 years later now, Abram has, is, is, is listening to the voice of God, and God says to Abram, I want you to take thy son, thy only son Isaac, and, and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. This was totally foreign to what anybody would have ever thought. But Abram, so sincere in minding God, rose up early, obeyed even though he didn't understand. The son that he was to offer as a sacrifice was the son that he prayed for, and it was the son that God promised that he was going to give to him. But God says, offer Isaac as a sacrifice. And Abram takes the wood and takes Isaac. And on the way to the mount, Isaac says to his father, we have the wood and we have the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham's faith responded by saying, God will provide himself a lamb. And Abraham goes to the mountain, and there he binds Isaac and he, on the altar, and he takes the knife in hand, and he's ready to take the life of his son when, when God says, Stop! And behind him, in the thicket, God had provided a ram that was caught by his horns. And Abraham took the ram and offered it for the sacrifice because God had provided. But I want you to notice this thing. It was Abraham who made the move. It was Abraham that said, yes, Lord. It was Abraham that didn't question God and say, Lord, I don't understand this. But he was, it was Abraham who made the move. Let's think of Moses tonight. 
He was on the backside of the desert taking care of stinky sheep. Out there all by himself. When all of a sudden, he sees a bush that's on fire. You know there's something about fire that, that attracts people. Did you ever notice that? I don't know what you do out here. Not, this, is, this is rural country. Okay, where I'm from it's, from, it's rural, but this is a whole lot more rural. When I was growing up, if a fire truck came out our way, you know what we did? We got in the car, we followed the fire truck. We wanted to see where the fire was at. There was something about fire that was exciting. And Abram, or I'm sorry, Moses, Moses looks at the bush that's burning, and he notices something. The bush is not being consumed. And God begins to speak to Moses and said, Moses... The ground whereon you're standing is holy ground. Take off thy shoes. And then he said, Moses, I want you to deliver my people from the land of Egypt and bring them back to Canaan. Do you know what Moses said? Lord, can't do it. I just can't do it. I don't have the ability to communicate. I can't talk like my brother Aaron. I just can't do it, O oh God. And the Lord gave Moses a promise there that he would be with him. In fact, the promise was, go and I will be with thy mouth and I will teach thee what thou shalt say. And, 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 uh, but Moses said, but Lord, who am I going to tell them sent me? And God said, tell them that the I am sent you. And Moses made the move. And because Moses made the move, we have the story of Israel, uh, the Israelites being led out of the land of Egypt and coming to the Red Sea. And there Moses with the Israelites with him and the sea in front of them and the Egyptians behind them. And they were complaining and murmuring. But the Moses looked up to heaven and said, Oh God, what am I going to do? And the Lord said, uh, told Moses to tell the people, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And Moses takes his hand and he stretches it out across the water. And you know the story. And the waters roll back. Moses saw the miracle of God. When the people of Israel, Israel were thirsty and they had no water, God told Moses to smite the rock and water came out of the rock. And when they were in the wilderness, it was there that God extended the life of their clothing and extended the life of their shoes. Moses made the move. We wouldn't be reading the stories as we have read them if Moses wouldn't have made the move. God called, but God provided when Moses responded. Let's look at a man by the name of David quickly. It was David who also was out in the field watching his sheep when, when Samuel came to the house of Jesse. And Samuel was going to anoint a king for Israel. And uh, the oldest of the, of, the, of the boys, Eliab, came by. And, and, uh, and Samuel looked at him and thought that he was the one that was going to be king. And God said, he's not the one. In fact, he said, Samuel, you don't look on the outside, but God, I look on the heart. And all of the boys passed by. And then he said to Jesse, he said, have them pass by again. And he looked every one of them over. And God said, not one of these are the ones that I've chosen. And, and Samuel says to Jesse, do you have any more boys? He said, I have one. He's out on the hillside. He's out there taking care of the sheep. Samuel said, go get him. And I want you to notice this. When they went and got David, David responded. David came in quickly. 
And when Samuel saw David, God said to Samuel, he's the one that I put my hand on. I want you to know, young people, God puts his hand on those that we may not think can do the job, but God knows they can. And it was David that God said, he is the one. And David responded, and he was willing to accept the anointing as king. David, not long after this, goes out to check on his brothers. And they were in the battle with the Philistines. And Goliath comes and out, and he shouts with his booming voice. And he says, send a man down here to fight with me. And whoever wins, that's the nation that's going to be over the other. And for 30 days, Goliath came out. But when David came on the scene and he surveyed the situation, he looked at what was happening and his brothers and the rest of the Israelites were shying back from, from Goliath. And David looked at him and David said, I'll go. I'll make the move, in other words. I'll go. And David's brother got on to him, but David said, is there not a cause? I want you to know something this evening. God doesn't measure character by charisma. God doesn't measure character by charisma. God doesn't defer to human qualities. But God knows how to take one and use him. And you know the story. I don't have to tell you what happened when David went out there before Goliath. And he slew the giant because God was with him. Do you know why? Because it was David that made the move. Just a couple of years ago. In fact, not this past May. But I think it was a year ago. We had a student that graduated from college. The student that came to college, he was not going to set records when it came to academics. But he was determined he was going to make it. He felt like God had called him to do ministry. And you'll know who I'm talking about, Brother Jeremy. He felt like God had called him to do ministry. He came... Actually, about 10 years before he finally graduated, he was there, he studied, and then he had to drop out for a couple of years. He went back to New York, and he worked so he could earn money, so he could pay his school bill. He said, Brother Zekman, I'll be back when I earn the money. I'll do it. He would come back, and I'm not so sure, I don't remember for sure, but I think he dropped out actually couple of times so he could earn the money that he could uh, pay his bill and when he came back he said brother Zachman I'm back to graduate I'm back to graduate got down to graduation and he came, he came to me he said brother Zachman he said when I turn the tassel he said I'm gonna take a walk I've never had a graduate take a walk around the tabernacle when they turned the tassel he said brother Zachman I'm gonna I'm gonna take a walk I'll be honest with you I didn't have the heart to tell him he couldn't do it I just didn't have the heart to do it. In fact, it was Billy. When Billy uh, received his, his diploma and, and he was hooded there as he was leaving the platform, he was down in front of the platform with the other graduates. And Dr. Cooley told them it was time that they could turn their tassel. And they turned their tassel. And Billy turned his tassel. 
And he left the lineup of graduates and he started down that side of the tabernacle and walked around and came down the center aisle. I'm telling you what, that whole crowd broke out into an applause. Do you know why? It was Billy who made the move. And young people, do you realize tonight, you're the one that makes the decision. You're the one that's going to have to make the move. Billy's did not come from a Christian home. In fact, when Billy, uh, not long ago, Billy's mother died of cancer. I'm not sure if she got saved before she died or not. She did. Thank God for that. Wonderful. But I want you to know something tonight. You have a decision to make. And it's your move. It's God who speaks. It's God who impresses us. It's God who says, I want you. And it's your move. My mind goes back several years ago. We were in chapel this was chapel up in the main school building now, up in what is now the library. We had an altar service that day. There was a seventh grader by the name of Eric who was at the altar praying that morning. Now, it's not very often that we have a seventh grader that gets out in the aisles and begins to shout. But that morning, Eric, as he prayed at the altar, God came on Eric, and Eric got blessed, and Eric shouted all over that, that, that chapel that morning. I looked at him, and I thought, I've never seen anything like this. He ran, and he jumped. He ran, and he jumped. A seventh grader. But do you know what happened that morning? God sanctified Eric Coons. And not only did he sanctify Eric Coons, but he called him to be a missionary in Honduras. And Eric answered the call there at the altar as a seventh grader. And God helped that boy go through his junior high years. He went through his senior high years. And then enrolled in college and went through the missionary program. And God was hand as was upon that young man. And, and uh, he never lost his focus. He never lost his focus. He became a youth pastor for a short time. And from there, his focus was, I'm going to the mission field. And Harry, Eric Coons is in Honduras. I don't know if he's been here for a missionary service or not. He's in Honduras today. God has led that young man. And while he's there, <coughs> since he's been there, he has dug out four brand new mission stations in the country of Honduras. When he was about to start his fourth missionary station, he met a man in that particular area. And that man said to Eric, he said, I have prayed for 17 years that God would give us a missionary. Eric began to think back. It was exactly 17 years from that time back to the day that Eric got sanctified and answered the call to the mission field in chapel that morning. I want you to know something this morning. It's worth it, young people, to make the move. It's worth it to say yes to God. It's worth every bit of it. 
I could talk to you about a Sally Sebo. She's not Sally Sebo anymore. She just got married here just about a year ago. But Sally's over in Romania. I watched her as a student. I watched her develop. And, 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 and as she was getting ready to graduate, didn't know where she was going to go, and met with HIM out of Hope Sound, and felt like from there that God was leading her to Romania. I had the privilege to be in Romania. I had the privilege to be in the work that she's there as she's uh, doing. She drove through the little town of Talpas. Well, it's more than a little town of Talpas, Romania. The young people in that town saw her driving through town. And she thought that she is, they were going to have a young people service. And they showed up. She said, I'm not having a young people service. I was just going wherever. They had so been impressed with that young lady. Let me tell you what she's done. She has gone in. In fact, I was part of the team to go in and demolish an old building that was made of the old mud bricks that you read about and study about in school. We tore that building down. She's got a brand new building there that she's built for the young people. They have activities there. She's teaching them the Word of God, and God is blessing her. Do you know something? She made the move. She made the move. She answered the call. Thank God. Oh, I could talk about a John Knight. A John Knight who went to China when he was a student at Penview and said that he had a call to go to China. There were some that said, John, there's no way you have a call to go to China. God, uh, God doesn't call somebody to a place where you can't get in. John said, I feel like God is calling me to China. The long story is this. Making it short. John Knight got into China. And I heard just a couple of years ago, honestly, he has become a citizen of that country. He has been in Hong Kong. He has been in Mongolia, had an orphanage in Mongolia. He's right now in the process of digging out a brand new work in the country of Israel. Starting orphanages there. I want you to know something. God never makes a mistake. And when God calls, He puts His hand on our life. But it's up to us to make the move. It's up to us to say yes. It's up to us to respond. <clears throat> My question to you tonight is this. What will you do? Young people, let me talk to you out of my heart. Do you realize you're so full of potential? Do you realize your life is ahead of you? I look at my life tonight, and there's a few others of us here that we're in those senior years. <clears throat> I'm not ready to lay down the cross. I want you to know that. But a lot of my life is behind me. But you young people, your life is in front of you. And God has given you the potential. God has given you abilities. And God has given them to you for a reason. There's a purpose that you have those abilities. And God wants to use you. If you'll just let God have His way. There's been young people that I went to school with. I was in the public school all of my years until my senior year in high school. And then I was able to transfer to Penview. I have met students that I went to public school with. I was downtown Lewistown where I was pastoring at the time and I met a, man, young, uh, met a guy by the name of Roger. Roger Baker. He was a friend of mine in public school. Roger was always a rough guy. I said, Roger, what are you doing in town? He said, oh, John, got myself into trouble. He said, I'm here because I had to appear in court. 
Oh, young people, let me tell you something. The devil paints a real pretty picture for you. And he makes the pleasures of this world look so enticing and makes them look so much fun and makes the things of God look kind of boring and, and look kind of stiff and, and just look like, you know, I just don't know that, that this is really worth it. I want you to know something that I didn't take it from somebody who has experienced it. There's no better way, than to, better thing to do than to live for Jesus Christ. I've seen the stories. I visited in the jail there where I pastored. And there was, I was asked to see uh, two boys. They were brothers. I went as there in the, in, the, in the visitation room. And they came in and sat down. <clears throat> At that time, we were able to be face to face. And they looked at me and they said, Reverend, we sure messed up. I just want you to know it's not worth it. And young people, let me tell you something. It's not worth it. We're living in a day, young people, when it seems like the morals of our country are only encouraging you to sacrifice your virginity and sacrifice your morals and, and just for a little bit of fun and a little bit of pleasure. But let me tell you something, young people. The devil doesn't show you what's at the other end. The devil doesn't show the cost that goes along with it. Let me tell you, there's nothing better than staying clean and be pure as a young person. Thank God for the fact you can stay clean. Amen. Do you know something? It's your move. It's your decision. Because decisions determine our destiny. And the choices we make will affect us. And the long-term effect can either be good or it can be bad. Because we come to the fork in the road in our life and we make that decision the old poem, are we going to take the road that appears to be well-trodden? The one that appears to be well-worn? Or are we going to take the one that seems to be traveled by a few? That's the road that I want to take because that's the road that's going to lead to the city of heaven. Young people, let me tell you tonight, it's your choice. You must make the move. There's some of you here tonight that are not saved. There are some of you tonight that don't know what it is to have your sins forgiven. You're not standing, uh, you're not in a good standing spiritually. It's your move that you must make from being lost to being saved. You must make the move from being backslidden to be on fire for God. You must make the move toward God to get settled spiritually. You must make the move tonight. I've looked at young people and I, I love, I, I've told you before, I love young people. And during the time of my time there at the school, and I've talked to many, 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 many young people. And I'd put my arm around the boys. And I would say, tell them how much I love them. And I would invite them to the altar. Most of the time I could see them come, but not always. And there have been those whose lives have been terrible because they made the choice to not do what's right. We need to make the move toward God and get settled spiritually. God wants to use you. God wants to take your life and make your life worth living.
God expects us to be doers and not watchers. It's time, young people, for those of you that know Jesus, it's time that we get busy for the Lord. It's our move to make. Just before coming over to the service tonight, I received a phone call from my wife. She said, honey, if you want to see your grandson leading the singing tonight, you need to get online quick. I did. Let me tell you the story about my grandson. My grandson, and some of you know him, Jameson Plank. My mind goes back to just not too many years ago when Jameson was going through some very, very tough times. Jameson was struggling with bitterness. And I can't go into detail as to what that bitterness was coming from. I know what it was, but I can't go into detail tonight. I was very concerned about what my boy, my grandson was going to do. I was very concerned because of his attitude. I was very concerned of the direction that he was, he was taking in life. My prayer was, oh God, would you some way, some way help our boy? Would you some way do it? About three years ago, God interceded. And God got a hold of his heart. And my grandson prayed until he knew he was saved. Now that's not all. I wanted to see him really be sanctified because I knew he needed to be. And I was praying for him. I'll never forget the night he came to the altar. He prayed and he cried. He finally, after getting through, he stood up and testified. He said, I needed a good killing. I needed a good killing. All of that pride and all of that other stuff, I needed a good killing. And God met the need of his heart. And that wasn't all that I wanted him to do. Because before he was ever born, I prayed that God would give us a preacher boy. And I felt like God gave me the promise that he was going to give us a preacher boy. And just, I think it was two summers ago, out here in the state of Oklahoma, Oshalata Youth Camp, Brother Dan Durkee was the evangelist. My grandson was there representing Penview Bible Institute, singing and traveling for us. And in that youth camp, God the Holy Ghost spoke to my grandson and my grandson said yes I'll preach I'll preach I thank God I thank God I want you to know something my grandson's no different than anyone else he faced the same devil that anybody else he faced the same devil that you young people face he faced the same enemy who tried to get him off course Tried to make him bitter and get him involved in things that would have led him down the wrong road. 
But I thank God for the fact that God spoke. But then I thank God that Jameson made the move. And tonight I watched him as he was leading the singing. You know what? I had to sit there and cry. Thanking God for the answer to prayer. Young people, let me tell you something. There's nothing, I wish I could, I just wish I could wrap my arms around every one of you. And you get through to you, there's nothing better than serving Jesus Christ. There's just nothing better. There's nothing better. I've been living for Jesus for 55 years. There's nothing better, young people. And there's nothing better than being in the center of the divine will of God. Whatever God calls you to do. Whatever God asks you to do, let's make the move. Abraham made the move. Moses made the move. It was David who made the move. And I believe tonight, yes, in fact, I didn't talk about it, but it's Esther who made the move also. And tonight, young people, I'm looking to you to make the move because it's your life. It's your choice. It's your future. And remember, the devil paints a pretty picture, but it's not what's at the end of the road. But what Jesus offers us is a life of contentment, a life of peace. Oh, yes, we're going to face some battles along the way, but he said, I'll be with you every step of the way. Young people, it's your move. It's your choice. It's your decision. Let us stand. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you tonight, oh God. For the way that thou hast worked in the lives of so many individuals. We thank you, Lord, for speaking. We thank you, Lord, for showing your will. And tonight in the closing of this service, we're asking, oh God, that you will help every young person. Oh God, I pray that you'll help everyone to make the choice, to make the choice to serve you, to make the choice to make the move, to be what you would have them to be, oh God. Father, speak, we ask, and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. I want to close this service tonight just a little different. Brother Alex is going to come and lead us in singing. I want the Lord to have his way with me. And if you're willing to let the Lord have his way in your heart, I want you to step out from where you are. And I want you to come up front here. We may not have enough room to kneel, but we have enough room to stand. You're making a commitment by God's grace. I will do what God wants me to do. Let's do it that way. Come and lead us, please. 201 in your course book. I want the Lord to have his way with me. The Lord to have his way with me. Is that your testimony tonight? I want the Lord to have his way with me. Love the need.
shun the wrong and do the right. I know the Lord to have his way with me. I want the Lord to have his way with me. I want the Lord to have his way with me. If I live a holy life, shun the wrong and do the right, I want the Lord to have his way with me. I want the Lord to have his way with me. I want the Lord to have his way with me. If I live a holy life, shun the wrong and do the right. I want the Lord to have his way with me. Now I want as many of the rest of you will come in, moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas, and I want you to come and stand around these, Pastor. I want you to come and pray for us tonight. I want you to come in. I want you to come. 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 I want you to stand around these. I want you to pray for these young people tonight. I want you to encircle them with prayer that God will take their lives, that God will use them. Some of them are your children and some of those are young people that you're concerned about. And I believe that God wants to do something with, the, with these young people. God wants to take their lives and God wants to make them to be a blessing. <clears throat> Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Keep coming and gathering around these. You're welcome to kneel if you want to, but I just want to make sure we have enough room. Let's just, let's just encircle them and uh, with the prayers uh, that God will help them and God will use them and God will make them a blessing. Praise God. Pastor, I want you to come and pray for us. Father, we thank you so much for your presence tonight. We thank you, Lord, that, that these young people are coming to one who loves them and cares about them. We thank you, Lord, that you are still calling young people to yourself. And, and Lord, we don't know what their need is tonight. Perhaps some have been called unto salvation, and perhaps others called unto holiness, and, and uh, some perhaps called into your work. But, but Lord, I believe every single one of them is called by you to, to be obedient to your voice. Oh, we pray, Lord, that you would be with them as they are, uh, surrender themselves to your will. We ask, Lord, that, that you'd help each one of them to, to get it so settled in their heart tonight that, that regardless of the cost, regardless of what they might face, regardless of what the enemy may offer them, that they would settle it in their heart tonight that this is the way they're going to go. Oh, Father, we pray that you would, uh, Father, guard them from the enemy of their soul. Oh, God, we ask that you would help them to, oh, God, to be uh, sold out to serve you, that they would bind you no matter what. Oh, Father, we know, we know that there are many uh, things that would lure their attention. Uh, we know that there will be many things offered to them uh, for this world. But, oh, God, we ask that you would help them tonight. Oh, God, help them to realize uh, that they must serve Jesus if they want to have true joy in their hearts.
Oh, Father, we ask that you would take the sacrifice of their lives and that it would be a holy and acceptable gift unto yourself. We ask, Lord, that you would take the gift of themselves and, Father, that you would receive it, that you would guard them. Oh, Father, that you would protect them. Oh, Father, that you would keep within their heart kindled a fire that they will mind you no matter what. Oh, Father, we ask, Lord, that you would just guide them by your hand, uh, that you would watch over them with your eye, that, Lord, you'd cover them with your feathers, that they would be uh, secure in their uh, uh, walk with you. Oh, Father, if there be things that, that are coming up in their lives, if there's things in their heart that are hard for them to turn over to you, we ask that you would help them to be easy for them to mind you, help them to say yes to you. No matter what, oh, Father, we put our trust and our confidence in you, for we know that you cannot fail. We know that you do not fail. Oh, Father, help them tonight. Help them tonight. Amen. Glory to God. I want you to know that everything is well. Yes. Glory to God. Yes. I want you to know that everything is well between your soul yes. and the Savior. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Oh, there's no place better than in the center of the will of God. Nothing better than knowing that we're all clear. Glory be to God.
Thank you, Brother Zachman. But I'm thankful mostly for the Holy Spirit being here tonight. Thankful for you young people that minded God tonight. You will never be sorry for what you have given to God. It's impossible. It's impossible. When you give something to God, He knows how to use it in such a way to bring Himself glory and in such a way that you'll never look back and say, I wish I'd have done different. I've, I've gone into the bedside of those that, that didn't know the Lord, that had rejected the Lord, and as they were finishing life, and they, they said, oh, the regrets that they had. But I've stood by the bedside of those that had, had made their calling and election sure, and never once did they ever say that they regretted serving Jesus. Right. Young people, what you've given God tonight you will never, never ever regret. Never regret. Amen. No regrets. Amen. Thank you. Well, you. just a few moments. We're going to slip over to have some fellowship and Praise some God. fun. But uh, let's, let's just take a moment to just thank the Lord for, for oh. what he's done tonight. Lord, we thank you. We thank you so much for coming here tonight. Lord, we worship you. We give you praise and glory. We thank you for your presence tonight. We thank you, Lord, for each one of these young people, the ones that made decisions tonight, and maybe those even that didn't make a decision tonight, but, but Lord, they're halting between two opinions. And, and Lord, we ask that you'd help those that didn't make a choice, that, that before it would be too late, that they would get it settled in their heart, even yet tonight, that, that Lord, that they would get it settled. Father, be with us as we go to a felt time of fellowship. We ask for your protection. We ask, Lord, that you'd be glorified in all that's said and done. For your glory and for your honor, yes, we ask these things in your precious name. Amen. 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 Praise God. You are dismissed.